3, 2, 1. Hi guys, I'm Thea. And I'm Haz. And welcome back to the Optimal Podcast. Woo! So we are a self-improvement and personal story podcast focusing on productivity, knowledge, and wellness. Yeah, we kind of um, realized after interviewing uh, some people that we've gone past productivity, health, and wellness. We've gone beyond it. Like, there's been quite a range of interviews, I guess, with different types of people. And, you know, I really like the fact that it was all very personal. Yeah, but no matter what, you can learn something from each interview yes yeah. but we are not doing an interview for this episode <gasps> isn't that amazing <laughs> actually today's podcast has and i are going to be trying something kind of different so i decided to pick a topic and i will be discussing that topic with has i have no idea what this is yeah i'm just gonna respond so the topic of the day we haven't done that in so long. So the topic of the day oh, is the topic of the day Ponzi schemes. Oh, Ponzi schemes. Okay. Yeah. So has can I ask if you know anything about Ponzi schemes? Not, not really. You're gonna have to explain it to me. So first, I'll explain what a Ponzi scheme is. Okay, great. So a Ponzi scheme, it's a form of investment fraud that pays. Existing investors with funds collected from new investors. In these sorts of schemes, the organizers, they don't reinvest the money that they have into the business. They just use it to pay earlier investors and possibly just keep a cut for themselves. Okay. So a lot of the organizers of these scams, they promise like really exaggerated, very high rates of return for little to no risk. And Ponzi schemes require a constant amount of new investors to survive. When there are no more new recruits or people within the lines try to cash out, the scheme collapses and people end up losing a lot of money. Yeah. So it's similar kind of to a pyramid scheme, but people essentially, they don't end up purchasing anything of value. Ah, okay. Yeah. Have you ever like encountered like anything like that, like a scam of some sort like that? A scam. Or like something like that. Like you just, it's an investment that's good, too good to be true. Well, you know, there are always those things you see on the email or somebody texts you something and it's like uh, you get X amount of interest and you only have to spend certain amount. And it's like, it's always, it always looks so dubious. Or those scams that are like, uh, you won $10,000, etc., etc. <laughs> we might cover this in a different episode but i've also seen like for some reason a lot of relationship scams what oh you mean yeah, like like, like uh, catfishing yeah yeah pretty much like catfishing but then the guy or the girl they end up asking for money yeah to kind of like you know support their online relationship yeah so it's kind of weird yeah but like originally what i wanted to do is actually get someone to interview for something who's been catfished. Yeah, no, I mean like wow. that's been scammed. I would really, really like to do that. I don't know of anyone, but okay, if well, anyone if wants anyone to... out there who wants to talk about how they've been scammed, please let us know. Yeah. That is a super interesting topic. Yes, yes. It's not like you know, some of these scams, they're really deep. You know, like it's not like you're an idiot. 
to have been scammed. Right. It's like sometimes it's just dependent on the circumstance or sometimes you're just really, really good at it. Yeah. And actually, that gets me to my story. So the reason I wanted to cover this topic specifically is because I did a lot of research on this company called OneCoin. Have you heard of that company no, before? Okay, so... That sounds like a, like a universal income thing. Not like a like one, one, what do you call that? One currency for the world sort of thing. I think that's their tagline, actually. Oh, really? They got quite big, but it was all a scam. Okay, okay. So, okay. So, I wasn't familiar with this company at all until I stumbled across a BBC podcast. So, I will mention that podcast. It's called The Missing Crypto Queen. It's... Mm. It's a really, really good podcast. I'm trying to condense all the information into this one episode. Yeah, but if you guys find this interesting, I really suggest that you check that out. But I really took a deep dive into it. And I wanted to talk about this specifically because I want people to see like how easily a person can be lured into these scams. Especially in today's world where technology is still rapidly advancing at such a consistent pace. Right. So I'll talk about OneCoin. So OneCoin, I'm going to talk about the founder. So this girl, her name was Ruja Ignatova. She was the one that launched OneCoin. Okay. So, when um, was this? When? Yeah. This was on September 2014. Oh, that's super recent. Yeah. Okay. So people described her as being a very charismatic person. Right, like she seemed like a very reputable person, and she had all the credentials to kind of back it up. Okay, she had a PhD in law, so she was a doctor. Like people mm-hmm. called her Doctor Ruja. Okay, she studied at the University of Oxford, and she was even a former McKinsey employee. McKinsey. So McKinsey, it's um, it's this really exclusive consulting firm. Which, by the way, I passed my resume in there one time. Okay, <laughs> like because they have an office here, but that didn't go anywhere. But yeah, it's very exclusive. Like they hire like really like the best people. Okay. So she was even said to have been able to shut bankers up when directly questioned. And rumors said that she even had an IQ of like over 200. Oh, which wow. Is, That's crazy. It's probably like two times my IQ or something. <laughs> so like she was very personable also okay and she was you know she always dressed to the nines like um we're talking like silk gowns and like big diamond earrings yeah so she dressed rich yeah yeah she looked rich there were people even that worked with her who said that she hired stylists and makeup artists every day like even just in the office oh that's amazing like she put a lot of work into how she portrayed herself Mm -hmm. right so she launched one coin on september 2014 and then within three years of launching there were over three million international investors already your basic premise on starting the company was based on the same ideas as other cryptocurrency companies so one yeah Yeah. so what is cryptocurrency well it seems like that's where a lot of people who are into technology want to move Currency towards they want to have like a digitized form of currency, so no more like no more cash, no more paper money. 
everything would be digital and everything would be traceable. Yes, exactly. Her basic premise also was that banks and governments, they had too much power and it was time to revolutionize, yeah. right? Is that a word? Yes, revolutionize. revolutionize. Okay, the financial system and give the power back to the people. Okay. So there are a couple of things that we have to remember here when she started the company. So the first is that people knew what it felt like to be burned by banks from simple things like not being able to get a loan, not being able to get an account, or big things like the 2008 financial crisis. Yeah, right. And secondly, people were buying Bitcoin and there were people that were seeing it as a good investment and the price went up and people were using it to buy things. Yeah. Do you know anyone that has invested in Bitcoin? Or I do you have? have had friends who wanted to invest in Bitcoin. And I know some stores that you can buy Bitcoin there and you can use Bitcoin there. Yeah, Bitcoin, I remember in college, like some people wanted me to invest in Bitcoin. Like yeah. they actually, they were able to see a return on their investment from it. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to play you a clip though of one of her interviews, okay? So she explains kind of like, what she wants to do with it. Okay. Um, okay, so... Well, we need a financial system and we need the traditional banks. So traditional banks will never go out of uh, business. But of course, uh, countries always go through crisis. For example, I'm from Eastern Europe. I remember how we went to huge inflation. We have uh, countries where the government is not stable. We have countries where they have different crises. And um, I do not think that cryptocurrency should compete with fiat currencies. I see cryptocurrency more like virtual gold. You know, there's always have been demand for gold in the world. Why do people buy gold? Because they want to have some security, some independent value from their government or from the fiat money. And uh, this is what I believe is why cryptocurrency is so good. And the second thing, again, you have the limited amount of coins. So you cannot print as many coins as you want, as a lot of, uh, you know, national banks do. So which role do you think OneCoin will play in it? Well, I hope that OneCoin will become the cryptocurrency of the people, like Facebook is the social media of the people of choice. I would like OneCoin not to be a coin for speculators. This currently is maybe Bitcoin. But I would like OneCoin to be a very stable currency, the first choice for merchants, and um, the first choice for people on the street who want to use cryptocurrency. I see as something like... PayPal, like Western Union, this is where I want us to be, where normal people can use it very, very simply. And uh, I hope one day that one coin will be the synonym of uh, cryptocurrency and not Bitcoin. So whenever people speak about cryptocurrency, that one coin will be one of the big examples they will use. It's very convincing. Yeah. So with this vision of kind of like banking the unbanked, um, she united people and created a really distinct cult-like culture. Sorry, so people that bought one coin were inducted into, they called it the one family. Okay. I read also that they had WhatsApp groups mm -hmm. and then during the whole like process when, you know, kind of like it was falling apart at the seams, the WhatsApp groups would be like, oh no, you know, like ignore all the haters. Like, right. like those are people that just don't believe in the system. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. One coin, it claimed to work like Bitcoin, where coins are generated through mining and can be used to make global payments, okay. right? Yeah. So they even boasted about being the Bitcoin killer. 
by being bigger and easier to use. The way it worked was organizers, they sold materials in the form of educational course packages, which contained one coin currency. And this was really smart that they did this because they just used this as an excuse or cover-up as to what they were really doing. They would just be saying like, oh, we're not really selling that. We're, what we're selling is educational packages. Okay. And by the way, the educational packages, which were like, it was like risk assessment, whatever, like what is cryptocurrency? Those were all plagiarized. Like it's just copy and paste. Okay, but how much were these? So the cheapest package was about $100, but they had several packages. So the, the packages went up to $100,000. So- okay, so... <laughs> Wait, wait. Let me let me get this straight, okay? You're paying a hundred to a hundred thousand dollars for educational packets. Do they include the currency? Or yeah, not? they included like tokens, which were like the one coin currency. Okay. So, like, if you're an existing user, also, you would just buy more of these packages in order to get more one coin. You could only get one coin from these packages? Yes. Okay. The coin packages, they were sold to other participants, and the seller would get a commission from recruiting new customers. You're right. So one coin, knowing this, they intentionally recruited like the best, the best multi-marketing level sellers to kind of like champion their growth. Okay. Okay, so what was the problem? <laughs> there were a lot of problems. <laughs> One of the problems was that one coins weren't actually mined using computer resources. Oh, that's terrible. So the worth of one coin was actually fabricated by the founders who programmed the coin to increase from fifty-six cents to thirty-three point sixty-eight dollars. So there was never really a true price of one coin. It was just all completely fabricated. Okay. One coin, they always said that they had a private blockchain when in fact there was no evidence to support that they even had one in the first place. Oh, shucks. So I think you know what block a blockchain is, yeah. but it really took me a while to kind of understand what a blockchain is. Okay. The easiest way for me to understand it was that it's a digital ledger that records all transactions. Yeah, it's basically a, a, a way to be completely transparent. Yes, that that's so important that you said that. Yeah. With block with a blockchain, nobody can change anything in that database, and it is run by the people who use it, so it can't be faked or hacked. Right. Um, and like you said, it's completely transparent. So the thing about blockchain is it is basically the real technology behind cryptocurrency. Yes. That is the whole thing that you're paying for practically. Yeah. So. Since they didn't have a real blockchain, they found that one coin had been allocating coins to members that didn't actually exist. And one coin actually did manage to buy two blockchain audits by some like unknown lawyers. And so when people asked them about it, they would just say, like, oh yeah, we have a blockchain audit, you know. And Are you serious? Yeah, like and that's it. That's end of story. <laughs> so and it gets really, really like interesting because one coin, they even tried to approach a really credible credible developer and blockchain expert. His name was Bjorn Bjorki. So he originally worked with Bitcoin. I really like his name. They offered him like okay, guess how much guess guess how much they offered him? I don't know, like 
I don't know, let's millions con- of dollars. Let's convert that in peso. It's 250,000 US dollars. Oh, wow. They also offered him a car, two apartments, in order to create a blockchain for one coin. So <laughs> it's funny because this was two years after the launch of OneCoin. Oh, wow. And because he's a good guy. Yeah. Like if you listen to the podcast, like they actually interview him and he seems like a, like a really decent person. He's like, hell no, he refuses, right? And then two weeks later, during a conference, Dr. Ruja announced that they will be creating a new and better blockchain soon. I saw the... It's like a speech that she did in a conference. Okay. And it gets really weird and complicated, but at the end, she says that with a new blockchain, she will be increasing the maximum supply of the coins and also doubling everyone's coins. Right. Okay. See, like you had the same reaction, right? Like, like, let that sink in. Like, cause that, that defies the basic rules of economics, right? Yes. yes. (laughs) (laughs) So. But it's it's weird because when you listen to her, like when you listen to her talk, like I think if I didn't know anything about it, I would just take it at face value. Right. Like, cause I'm not really familiar with how the system works right. per se, right? Yeah. Like, and I think most people are not aware of exactly how cryptocurrency or blockchain works. Yeah. So there's a lot of problems, right? But another problem is that one coin they tried to make a system where you can exchange the coins into convertible currency or buy goods and services with it. But this has been under construction for years and has faced constant delays. So it's never been activated. Yeah. They always just say like, oh, you know, like, like we need new merchants, blah, blah, blah. Like it's going to be up soon. And then it's it's been delayed. So I actually went to the website, like just to check it out. And it's really like, it's so stupid. Like, like basically there are coupons for like discounts that you can buy with one coin but it's like 20% off a vacuum or something oh. like it's really it's really weird okay so the organizers were supposed to address all of these concerns in a major event in Lisbon but Ignatova never showed up okay. so she actually she disappeared and up to this day nobody knows where she is <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? She might be like chilling somewhere in Barakai or yeah, something. Yeah. Like nobody knows who she is. Um, but she is now charged with securities fraud, wire fraud, and money laundering. And uh, rumors say that like she even had major plastic surgery. So that to, look, the shell look yeah, different. You know, like she has a shitload of money now. So mm. that has she can buy people's silence. Yeah. Okay, so that's pretty crazy that she disappeared. But the crazier thing is you think after her disappearance, things would just stop. But no, they still continued. <laughs> Actually, after like after she disappeared, her brother took over. Yeah. And don't worry, I wouldn't I won't do that to you. <laughs> like <laughs> I wouldn't okay. just peace out and then okay. like <laughs> So her brother took over and um they had more and more events all over the world. And what's sad is they even had events like as far as Uganda. Yeah. And it's really sad in places like Uganda where people are so desperate to get rich or like looking for their quick break. These scams are really quite prevalent. Right. And according to the U.S. government, they stole around $4 billion. But some sources say that 
they could have stolen up to 19.4 billion. <laughs> How did they do that also? So they, they had one coin, they doctored a lot of stuff. You know, a lot of fake reviews, referrals. They put up a lot of fake advertisements about, like, Dr. Ruja. Like, her entire persona. Like, in the BBC podcast, they actually fact-checked everything. Right. And, like, she really did go to, like, Oxford. And she really was, a do- like, a doctor. Okay. She really did have a PhD. But um, it's crazy. Like, what they were saying is that she was on the front page of Forbes Bulgaria. Like, and it was, if you search online for her, you'll see, like, the Google image search of, like, Forbes Bulgaria. And, like, for any person, if I didn't know who she was, I'd be like, oh, oh, she's credible, right? What they're saying is they paid for her to be in, not in the front page, though. It was, like, a story. Ah, all right. And it's crazy because during the time in which the whole situation was, like, literally falling apart at the seams, in order to maintain appearances, they even held a one-coin beauty pageant, which they said was sponsored by Vogue and had about 20 to 50 million attendees, which it really didn't. Yeah. All the photos and videos that came out were doctored to make it seem like... There were a lot more people. Yes. And the actual number of attendees were just in the hundreds. <laughs> so, and can I... Like, it's really weird, like, because... In the beauty pageant that they that they were investigating, it's really strange. But like the winners of like the beauty pageant, right? Yeah. Sorry, the the prize because they have prizes, right? They it's either you win twenty five thousand dollars worth of plastic surgery, <laughs> <laughs> or like the equivalent amount of, in one coin. Okay. So it's like well, this what? is the first time you would pick plastic surgery. I know. <laughs> so. Okay, so after telling you the story, like, what can we learn from this? I think for me, like, many people can be fooled into believing into stuff that they can't understand very well, right? So it's better to avoid investments altogether if you don't understand them or can't get enough information about it. And secondly, like, it's so easy now to have, like, fake news or, like, just fabricate stuff online, it's so crazy. Like, I think if I was, if I learned about this, how many years ago, like, what would have stopped me from investing? From, from investing? One coin still exists. I think it still exists. But people, like, it's kind of known already that it's a scam. Yeah. But then it's still operating. Oh, wow. I don't know. Like, I feel like almost any business wherein the whole point of the business is to recruit somebody else is a scam. Yeah, I I have to agree with you. And after researching about this, I kind of like did a deep dive also into like the history of MLMs. Yeah, because that's that's it's, the thing to like for MLMs. They can I think MLMs are on this very thin line where they can tip one way or the other. And I think that some MLMs they actually do both. Like they. They, depending on like, I don't know what part of the MLM you're in, you're either geared towards recruiting people or you're geared towards selling products. But the amount of money like people make in MLMs is not really that substantial. But then even if you look at like kind of their culture, you know, in which, you know, like, come on, I have a, I have a friend that's into that, right? And they're kind of encouraged to show that like, oh, I got this from 
my MLM business or something like that. Like, mm. I was able to do this because of my MLM business. Like, oh, I got this car. Yeah, something. yeah. Right. When in fact, the amount that they made from that MLM is very questionable. Because the thing with MLMs is, it is kind of like a pyramid scheme also. I mean, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. Because really, the people at the top are the ones that are making the most the yes. most yeah yeah i agree with that yeah you have to be very careful i think if you if you join a mlm just gear yourself towards selling product versus yeah and then yeah. like look to see if actually just selling the products is sustainable yeah. because if it doesn't add up then maybe you're <laughs> maybe you're in a scam yes, yes that is very true and like you know, check to see if the product is actually good or not. <laughs> so actually, that's that's it. I try to condense it as much as possible. But if you guys want to know more about this whole one coin thing, then you can check out the BBC podcast, The Missing Crypto Queen. You know, I feel bad about cryptocurrency because of this. I feel yeah. like like it's something that could have worked, but then this one coin thing just totally destroyed its reputation yeah actually you can find articles about it in bitcoin's website yeah because they like i guess they want to educate people like hey we're the real deal like we actually have a you know a credible blockchain honestly i'm still very dubious about cryptocurrency but i don't know like it's kind of hard investing in something that isn't tangible. tangible but i feel like the world is going in that direction i mean a lot of people have stopped using cash now. They just use debit or credit. That's right? true. Those things are technically intangible. You're not holding anything. Even cash per se is a, like... Yeah. It's just an idea. Right. So I, I, I can understand how cryptocurrency can work. It's not something that I can see as an investment yet. Yeah, I have to. I, I feel like it's still on very weak ground. But I think the reason why, for me, like, I never really saw it as an investment is because the usability of it here, like, it's not really that sound. Yeah. Secondly is, it's not something that I really understand. Yeah. So, like, the ins and outs of, so, like, that's probably also the reason why I've always said no to it. Well, that's like, it's like a lot of other things, too, like insurance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good point there maybe we should do an episode on that so that like people like me can be more educated or stock trading i (laughs) don't know yeah but yeah you know what honestly it's kind of scary because this one coin thing it's ja ruja is a a mastermind yeah she's you know what we were saying also that they think that the money um was being backed up by the mafia Oh, really? And they were saying that she was just the face. But that's just, you know, that's just hearsay. So I don't know. But imagine, like, she's still missing up, up till this day. Yeah. But, you know, a lot, of, a lot of scams use the same tactic where they try to get an influential person or, you know, it's like you, you get someone with credibility to, to yeah. be the face of your scam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah you're right. I'm trying to think of others. And and they do do a lot of like uh, Theranos. Oh my god, that's another one. Yeah. Right? They do do a lot of like very showy uh sort of event. So 
So yeah, that's <laughs> it. If you like this podcast, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts if you're an iPhone user. Otherwise, you can just, I don't know, send us a message on our Instagram at Optimal Podcast. And if you would like to show some support, you can visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash optimal podcast. And this podcast was sponsored by Optimal Coffee. Yes. Get <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we'll see you guys in the next episode. I wonder what I should do.